Hello, my name is Tim Schwartz, and welcome to the Life After Blindness podcast. This week, we have an all-new Because of My Blindness story. Then, in the news, Maria Johnson from GirlGoneBlind.com joins me to discuss a first grader who won an art design award. We then talk about summer camps for the blind and visually impaired, how oranges can prevent macular degeneration, and the new accessibility updates to Skype version 8. And later in the podcast, I'll be sharing a new Tim's Tech Tip, my list of the top 10 Windows key logo shortcuts for Windows 10. This is episode number 25, and your life after blindness journey continues right now. Hello and welcome to the Life After Blindness podcast. I am your host, Tim Schwartz, and if you're new to the show, this is the podcast where we are dedicated to the exploration of an enabled life with blindness. I want to thank you all so much for taking the time to download and listen to the Life After Blindness podcast. If you have any questions or comments for me about the show or anything else, you can send your emails to tim at lifeafterblindness.com, and you can also find the show notes for this episode by visiting lifeafterblindness.com slash 25. That's lifeafterblindness.com slash 25. You can also follow me on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for me there at Labcast. That's L-A-B-C-A. S-T. I always like to start the show with a segment that I call Because of My Blindness. This is where I ask you, the listener, to submit to me, either in writing or preferably in audio form, a story about you and your blindness. Tell me about experiences that you've had that maybe wouldn't have otherwise happened had you not been blind. Some type of experience where maybe you were inspired by someone or something, or maybe even educated by someone or something. Maybe a situation where you were able to help someone else because of your blindness. Whatever the story is, whether it's funny, sad, inspirational, educational, I'd love to hear about it so that I can share it right here on the Life After Blindness podcast. This week, the Because of My Blindness story comes to us from Connie. She submitted her story on the social media app called Vorail. If you'd like to send me a message there with your story, just look for my name, Tim Schwartz. So here is Connie with her Because of My Blindness story. Hi, this is Connie from Sacramento, California. Because of my blindness, I've learned how to reach out and ask people for help. I've learned that most people are more than willing to help. I've learned to utilize access technology even more than when I had low vision because I had to change from using a screen enlarger on the computer, Zoom text, to using window eyes and then later later on migrating to JAWS screen reader on my desktop computer, which I use at home and at work. And because of my blindness, <clears throat> I, I finally broke down and bought an, uh, an iPhone. I switched, switched from a flip phone to an iPhone, learned how to use it. I've been, I had this phone for about three years, and I continue to learn how to use this iPhone, and I've discovered all kinds of cool apps that helped me to live a more independent life, like Seeing AI, Be My Eyes, Blind Square. Because of my blindness, I've learned to reach out to the blind and visually impaired community even more, and I've learned the importance of being connected to the blind and visually impaired community, because it's so important for us 
especially those of us who have lost our sight recently, not to isolate ourselves, but to be connected to other people. So that's my contribution to your Because of My Blindness podcast. Connie, thank you so much again for sending in your Because of My Blindness story. Again, if you want to send your story to me, just email those to Tim at lifeafterblindness.com. And now it's time for this week's news. And joining me this week again for the news from GirlGoneBlind.com, she is Girl Gone Blind herself, Maria Johnson. Maria, welcome back to the show. Well, hey, Tim. Thanks for having me back. Another day of news. Let's talk about it. Absolutely. Let's dive right in then with the first story, which comes from the end of last school year. A first grader from the Utah School for the Deaf and Blind, uh, I think his name was Bryson, Bryson Chadwick, actually. He was a first grader this last year and entered into a contest put on by a hand soap company. Now, apparently this hand soap company has their soaps in elementary schools all around the country. And they had a design competition to redesign the label on their soap dispensers and little first grader, well now going to be soon second grader, I guess, Bryson Chadwick won this competition with what he called his happy hands design because he felt clean hands are happy hands. And he won this competition. I believe he won uh, a cash award plus the ability to have his design printed on all the soap dispensers for this coming school year coming up here soon for this soap company. This is a nice little feel-good story, Maria. Oh, it is. And I know that the uh, article also had a video and uh, he just sounds adorable. And he is so excited about his winnings. And I know the school is very proud of him as well. I think they interviewed a couple of the administrators from the school, but this little guy is so thrilled. And what's cool about this, Tim, is that as a first grader, he was given an opportunity and he took it and he did his best with a design and and one. And what a boost for this little guy of confidence and ability to participate and, you know, have his artwork out in the world, you know, um, from just this little guy in Utah. And um, I, he was adorable. And I think he did say, uh, clean hands are happy hands and happy hands makes you healthy. So yes, let's get rid of those germs, especially in those elementary schools, little grimy hands, um, <laughs> and get those <laughs> yep. hands washed. But you know, he, he was just adorable. Yeah. I think he's, a he's wise beyond his years from listening to him talk, but, um, what a proud little moment for, for that little guy. Absolutely. As always, the link to that and all the stories we'll talk about will be in the show notes for this week's episode. And I encourage people to go take a look as the article isn't very long itself because they have that video there that you referenced. So you can play the video there on the web and listen to this little guy, listen to Bryson talk about his design. And like you said, the other administrators that talk about it, this kid is just so proud of what he did and so happy about it. And uh, definitely does sound wise beyond his years because mm-hmm. he's just, oh, he's just so smart and just so cute. They're, they're making him so smart these days, but yeah, he's definitely, <laughs> definitely worth the listen to that video. 
Yeah. Now, our next story, Maria, is also kid-related. You know, it seems like every time I turn around this summer, there's another great story coming out about summer camps, and specifically summer camps for the blind and visually impaired, for, for kids all the way up to even teenage years, where they're doing... Not just the old-fashioned summer camp stuff that you and I did when we were kids, you know, arts and crafts and archery and, you know, the the end of the week dance and all that kind of thing and all these, you know, fun things, you know, going to the pool and all that. They may do all those things, but these kids are doing STEM learning and they're doing science experiments. They're doing cybernetics. Yes, I said cybernetics like robots. They're learning how to code uh, and program computers, internet design, all these kinds of things. And there was yet another one of these came out of, I believe it was Boston. But again, there's been so many of them all around the country this summer where kids are getting to go to these types of camps where it's not just kumbaya by the campfire with the, with the <laughs> s'mores anymore. It's, it's deep diving stuff with, with all these science and cybernetics and programming. What do you think about that experience, yeah. Maria? This stuff sounds intense for sure. You know, they, one of the articles said that, um, you know, these camps can accomplish more in five days than some students can accomplishing a year in school and you know they're just that intensive and another great opportunity to set these kids up for a career and you know find their passion find their interest with be it cyber you know cyber security robots you know all of that technical stuff um coding you know that's a big buzzword these days and yep. sure they can teach it in school but you know for the kids who are really interested in it um you know, throw them, throw it to camp. And, and as you said, yes, I mean, you know, we did painting and, you know, basket weaving and all that, (laughs) but you know, this definitely has a different type of purpose. And to go to one of these camps, I would imagine these kids got to be kind of smart. I mean, real smart. So, um, why not, why not one, um, educate them, but two, set them up for a career path that may be their calling in their later years. Well, that's exactly right, because as a lot of people know, not just in the United States, but around the world, the unemployment rate for the blind and visually impaired is horrific. It's about 75, 80%, depending on where you are in the world, and especially here in the United States. And so to have the ability to go to this kind of a camp where you're learning hands-on this type of of science and you know cybernetics and internet and all these different science and technological related fields of study at such a young age you know we're talking elementary school kids mm-hmm. you know even up to high school age like i said but to give blind and visually impaired kids that opportunity to learn these things like you said it's going to be the wave of the future really the future is now but it's going to continue that yeah. way with these types of things and the one article, uh, one of the more recent articles talks about these kids building their own robots and not just robots. I mean, you, you would think, okay, well, it's like, you know, Rock'em Sock'em Robot or, you know, Teddy Ruxpin, like we were kids. <laughs> it just maybe moves moves yeah. around a little bit. But no, these robots are doing things. They have them you know, performing tasks and actually being able to do things that are useful and they're doing it in these few days at camp. So not only are these kids very intelligent, but they are being given an opportunity that as blind and visually impaired kids, hopefully they can grow up to succeed and bring that unemployment number down in the future. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, they probably get to go swim in the pool, you know, after a long Oh, I would hope so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sing a few campfire songs, you know. What's camp without campfire, you know? Exactly. You got to have so, s'mores and got to yeah. have, you know, bad cafeteria food and <laughs> that's the, right. the red that's bug right. juice that's that nobody right. knows what it is at the lunch table, you know. <laughs> right. Skits. Uh, skits. You know. <laughs> you mystery meat. Absolutely. You got to have all those fun things from camp. But that being said, the, yeah. the fact that, you know, in some of these camps, they're using STEM as a learning technique and all these other, you know, different things. I'm, I'm just very impressed. Yeah. I'm really impressed. I, I'm actually really jealous because as a tech geek myself, I'm, I'm jealous. I wish I had something like this to have gone to when I was a kid. Sure. I, I read these articles. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to go. Can I do this? <laughs> yeah i mean i, I wouldn't I, now this isn't the type of camp for me but hey send me off to mommy camp somewhere i'll take it oh there you, you know? go that's for sighted and blind alike <laughs> there's a lot of mommies i know and daddies that's as well right like a mommy daddy camp <laughs> either to learn about parenting or just mommy daddy camp to get away from the kids for a while just get yeah. a i'm thinking more of the getaway type <laughs> that's a whole nother mommy's show. going to summer camp exactly <laughs> exactly so moving oh, from gosh. summer camps to our health, because these kids, like we said, hopefully are getting to do some physical activity as well. And there are actually some blind and visually impaired related camps that, that do a lot of that as well, that incorporate sports mm -hmm. and things. Mm -hmm. um, maybe we'll talk about that again in the future. But on the health front, a new study just came out here very recently that says rather than an apple a day keeps the doctor away, an orange a day could keep the eye doctor away and specifically prevent the onset of macular degeneration, which I know is a big fear for just the public in general, because macular degeneration is so widespread and, and so, mm -hmm. you know, so deteriorating when you get older. But to people like us, Maria, who we both have issues with our optic nerve, two different, uh, two different uh, eye diseases, but still our optic nerves. That being said, I'm still concerned about my eye health overall for the macula and the retina and, you know, or glaucoma and all these other things that could happen. So an orange a day yeah. could prevent macular degeneration. Well, who knew? Who knew? <laughs> who knew? Um, I, I think, hey, another reason to eat healthier. And um, as you said, we already have one condition you can get another eye condition. And my, my doctor always said that, you know, you can have more than one eye condition when I, they were trying to diagnose me. Yeah. And so having the optic, our optic nerves already um, affected, if you will, the eyeball itself is still um, something to keep healthy and be aware of any other changes in your vision that ha could be due to something in the actual eyeball. So, uh, you know, some people said like, well, if we just changed eyes, you know, could you see? No, no, I couldn't because my eye, there's nothing wrong with my eyeball. It's just like your, the optic nerve. Right. So if I was to get glaucoma, which takes away your peripheral vision, I would be pretty screwed because I have no central vision and I want to keep the little bit of remaining peripheral vision I have the best that I can, because that's all I got. And if I do get something else, be it again, a retinal thing or a macula, um, then 
I am going to make my vision worse. And I mean, it's bad enough already. And I've accepted the, the fact that it's where it's at. And I'd like to keep it at that level. So, so many different fruits and vegetables um, are good for health. But, you know, there are specific ones good for eye health in particular. And just the orange happens to be the one of this study. And hey, oranges are not a bad thing. You know, that's for sure. And I'm sure, Tim, that it's probably... I, I don't remember what it said, but it's probably eating an actual orange, not just processed juice. Um, it's probably, you know, we say eating the food whole or raw is better. So I would bet it's, you know, pick up a bag of oranges and, you know, have one for breakfast every day. <laughs> why not? Yeah, why not? And you're absolutely right. Having it in its original form is going to be the best way to eat things. So yeah, we're not talking drinking orange juice, although there's nothing wrong with that. That can help, of course. But yeah, eating yeah. that orange, peeling it, opening it up and, and eating an orange. And that is going to give you a better opportunity to have a healthier life. And, and like you said, it's overall health. It's overall just eating better and eating healthier. And that's something that I think we all should be aware of, especially as blind and visually impaired people, because there is that tendency to maybe not get out so much and, and not be able to get around as much. And so trying to get not only your exercise in, but then eating healthier, the study proves uh, once again, just like carrots back in the day we're always told you know the beta carotene eat your carrots helps you know keep mm -hmm. your eyes strong and healthy well now oranges mm -hmm. can be added to that list i know a lot of other things you know citrus fruits and things like that can be very helpful not just to your eyes but to your overall body's health and digestion and things yeah. like that i've learned that recently with my medical issues that you know i drink a glass of hot lemon water every morning before I do anything else, because I know it's going to help with, you know, a whole bunch of different things with my body and it really has. Yeah. So that yeah. the effects of something like this, you may say, well, you know, it's just an orange really. No, actually. Yeah. Something like this can be very, very beneficial. Yeah. And the, the thought, you know, you don't have to eat probably 20 oranges a day, you know, it's nope. just, you know, an orange, an orange a day. Well, an or maybe we could say this, Orange is the new carrot. Could be, yeah. Oranges are the new <laughs> carrots. Like 40 is the new 30 or whatever they say. Yeah, yeah. yeah or orange is the new black. Orange is the you new know, black. There you go. <laughs> but, you know, again, it, a variety of fruits and vegetables. And uh, I think pretty much everyone likes oranges. I mean, I, you know, orange is a pretty good fruit. Sweet and all that. But, um, yeah, you know, and there's um, – and you could go online, anyone can go online and, and find, you know, if you put in, you know, best fruits and vegetables for eye health, best fruits and vegetables for bone health or whatever it is. I mean, you can certainly find it um, and add those things into your nutrition and how you can get the most nutrients out of it. Again, as you said, is eating things in their whole form, if at all possible. Um and um, I'm sure they don't mean eating the peel, you know, don't panic. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but anyway, um, yeah, but interesting, interesting. I mean, I certainly don't want macular degeneration, uh, just like I don't want any other eye condition to creep up on me in my later years. So um, whatever you can do to try and prevent or lessen the risk of having something else creep up, um, hey, why wouldn't you do it? That's exactly right. If, if it's as simple as eating an orange a day or even just more regularly, because 
Not about eating one every day, but I know that's what the study says, but boy, that'd be a lot of oranges. But that being said, it just increasing the amount of oranges that I eat in, in my diet, if that'll help yeah. prevent potentially the risk of getting macular degeneration and adding to the issues I already have, that would be fantastic. So any kind of study like this, I'm always happy to see. All right. Well, the last story that I wanted to cover this week, Maria, is a recent announcement from Skype. And as a lot of people know, Microsoft owns Skype and Microsoft, especially the last year or two, have been really focusing on accessibility and specifically accessibility to the blind and visually impaired community. They have their their seeing AI app and they've been working on building up narrator for windows and the next build of narrator in the autumn or in the fall, they say that it's going to be much more robust and and better. And so they finally dove into Skype because earlier this year in the spring, a lot of people may remember accessibility was sadly very broken in Skype. The buttons weren't labeled and the keyboard shortcuts weren't working. This is all on the desktop side that I'm talking about. And Mm -hmm. they've just announced that Skype version eight will have all of its accessibility features in there and actually be better probably than it was before. There's going to be plenty of keyboard shortcuts. The buttons are going to be labeled. Things are going to be a lot easier to access and utilize in Skype. And I know Skype has been a very popular program within the blind and visually impaired community. As you and I've talked about in the past, Maria, a lot of people have moved over to programs like Zoom because Zoom is very accessible and actually almost in a way a better quality of audio than Skype. But that being said... Skype is going to try to catch back up again because of this accessibility upgrade that it's getting. And they've also announced that you can finally do call recording within Skype, which really is this 2018? It's about time. Um, So (laughs) Skype is going over a nice overhaul. And this is going to be, I think, really welcome news to the blind and visually impaired community. Yeah, they need to get back on the grid, I think. Um, There are several other folks who I podcast with here and there, and both of them are blind, visually impaired. They moved to Zoom because they just couldn't work their Skype anymore. And it was also the ordeal because you had to, you know, record it on another device and, you know, but it was the only thing going for a long time. So um, I think people are going to be thrilled because I think you have people who really, really were avid Skype users and they probably prefer Skype because they're, you know, they're comfortable with it, but things got real uncomfortable and they had to learn another, you know, platform. So who knows? Will people switch back? Hmm. I don't know. Time will tell, I guess. But um, yeah, I've been hearing Zoom a lot more <laughs> lately and not even just in blind, visually impaired. I have sighted friends that do a lot of um, meetings and, um, you know, we can, you know, set up a time and everyone chimes in on a Zoom call. Um, and these are sighted folks. So, um, yeah, so it's about time Skype stepped up and we'll see how they survive now that people have moved on to other um, platforms. So good for them, though. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. And that's a good point because Zoom is very feature rich. You can schedule meetings and you can record the calls themselves, audio and video. It records on separate tracks. So if you're a podcaster like us or, or doing recordings with other people where you need individual audio from from each person, it records it separately. And so Zoom is really, really nice for that. And again, it's very accessible. The buttons on the app are very accessible. The, the app for 
your desktop computer yeah. is very accessible and you can do a lot of things with it, a lot of good features. And so I'm glad to see Skype saying, you know what? Okay, we need to catch back up because we broke the accessibility. Yeah. We know a lot of blind and vision impaired people use this. And they've said yeah. very recently, they've said, said that they've got a commitment to products being accessible, Microsoft that is, to make sure that all of their products top to bottom are accessible, not only software, but hardware as well. And mm -hmm. I'm glad to see that they just didn't forget about us after it was all broken in the last version. And the call recording, again, like I said, that's just long overdue. That's a very welcome feature, especially to us yeah. blind and visually impaired podcasters, but just people in general that want to record it for, for whatever other reason. So I'm hoping that competition will help this whole situation flourish that Skype has been such a staple for so long and Zoom has been taking over like you said on the RNIB Tech Talk podcast that I do and the Double Tap Canada show that I do with Stephen Scott and Sean Priest we've moved to Zoom we moved to Zoom several months ago because we were having so many issues mm. with Skype and it not being accessible and having to still do you know things in a different way so just to meet up with each other we use Zoom now that all being said as a side note for iPhone users, iOS 12 is around the corner. That should be announced, and or not announced, but released within the next couple of months. And that will offer group FaceTime calling up to 32 people in a group FaceTime at once. So you can do audio or video up to 32 <laughs> people. Now, I don't think you're going to be able to record necessarily at first, maybe not ever, but that'll be yet another option, especially for people that are iPhone users that can FaceTime with each other. Now you're going to have yeah. that in the mix where you can do group FaceTime audio. And as you know, Maria, you know, FaceTime audio has such a really good audio quality and way better than a, a phone call, just as good probably as Skype or Zoom and audio quality. And I think that could may, you know, maybe be a, a player in this as well. We'll see where that goes when it comes out. Yeah, yeah. And so, and again, totally accessible because it's, you know, basically built into the phone. So um, it's it's there and um, easily worked through Siri and, and all of that. So, yeah. But can you imagine, though, on a FaceTime audio or FaceTime video? Well, the, having that many people on a call, you could never get anything accomplished. <laughs> That's just too many people. <laughs> I've done Facebook Messenger calls where there's maybe 12 people on at once. And that yeah. can be a little chaotic. So you almost have to have somebody kind of hosting it in a way and bringing people in yeah. one at a time. But to do just moderate. a exactly and moderate the call. But for there to be 32 yeah. people and, and if you're not moderating it very well, that could be a mess. But again, I'm just glad <sighs> yeah. to see it with the announcement that uh, Apple's doing that when they announced that earlier this year. It was like, oh, well, yeah. that's about time. That, cool. That's that's very long cool. overdue. So, yeah, I think yeah, it's a good cool. it's a good time for that kind of communication app and service. And again, like we talked about last week, Maria, accessibility is mainstream now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's awesome. And with companies paying more and more and more attention to it, um, it's just getting a big thumbs up from the blind, visually impaired community all around. You got that right. Well, Maria, that's all the news stories that we've got for this week. So I want to thank you so much again for coming back on and, and helping me out with this. And I look forward to having you back to talk about more news from the blind and visually impaired community. Anytime, Tim. Thanks for having me on and we'll keep in touch. Bye-bye.
Next week on the show, I'll be speaking with Costa and Ashley Elefathario. They are the developer couple behind the iOS predictive keyboard app named FlickType. FlickType has been in the news quite a lot lately because they recently went from having just a third-party keyboard where you had to copy and paste or export your text into another app to having a system-wide app that could be accessed anywhere a keyboard is available. And they also introduced a monthly subscription fee for the app going forward. Please join me next week when I talk to Costa and Ashley about FlickType, the development of it, and the future of FlickType. But in the meantime, I thought it would be fun to explore the keyboard shortcuts for Windows 10, specifically the keyboard shortcuts using the Windows logo key for your Windows 10 desktop computer. So get ready because it's time for this week's T3 and my top 10 favorite uses of the Windows key in Windows 10. T3 initiated. Using keyboard shortcuts can be extraordinarily helpful for people that are blind and visually impaired, no matter what operating system you use. And you may be familiar with some of the basic keyboard shortcuts like Control plus C to copy and Control plus V to paste. But there are so many other keyboard shortcuts that you may not know about that utilize the Windows logo key on your PC. So today I'm gonna to share with you a list of my top 10 favorite shortcuts using the Windows logo key in Windows 10. Number 10, Control plus Windows plus Enter. If you don't have access to a screen reader, Microsoft has you covered with an application called Narrator. Narrator isn't as feature-rich as most other screen readers, but for free, it does get the job done when you need to complete simple tasks in Windows like navigating File Explorer or surfing the internet. You can activate Narrator at any time by holding down Control plus Windows plus Enter. Number nine, Windows plus the letter U. Once you've turned on Narrator, you may want to go in and check out the settings and preferences and maybe even learn how to use it. You also may want to find out what other accessibility options Windows has to offer. These settings can be found in the Ease of Access Center and you can quickly navigate there by holding down Windows plus the letter U. Number eight, Windows plus the letter E. Windows enables you to navigate and organize all of your files and folders by using an application called File Explorer. The fastest way to launch File Explorer is to hold down the Windows key plus the letter E. Number seven, Windows plus the letter I. From time to time, you may want to customize the way that you use Windows. You also may want to troubleshoot issues you have with apps or hardware devices, or you may just want to dive into the advanced options available in Windows. You can access all of this by going to Settings using the keyboard shortcut Windows plus the letter I. Number six, Windows plus the pause key. In order to access more advanced options for settings like security and privacy, you'll need to bring up the system menu. To do this, simply hold Windows plus the pause key. Number five, Windows plus the letter A. Notifications and alerts that you may receive from various applications are organized in an area in Windows called the Action Center. To see a list of all the notifications currently listed in the Action Center, use the keyboard shortcut Windows plus the letter A. Number four, Control plus Windows plus the letter B. While we're on the subject of receiving notifications in the taskbar, if you happen to be at your computer when a notification comes through, 
you can simply press Control plus Windows plus the letter B, and that will automatically take you to the current notification that has just popped up in the taskbar. Number three, Windows plus the letter T. In the Windows taskbar, you can find applications that you currently have open on your computer, as well as icons for applications that are currently running in the background, as well as shortcuts to other applications that you want to access quickly. To cycle through all the items in the taskbar, you can hold down Windows plus the letter T, and as you continue to hold down Windows, you can press the letter T repeatedly in order to cycle through the current items in the taskbar. Number two, Windows plus the letter D. Sometimes you may need to quickly access the Windows desktop in order to open a file or shortcut that has been placed there. You can do this very easily by holding Windows plus the letter D to quickly shift your focus to the desktop. Number one, Windows plus the letter L. This shortcut can be extremely useful in an office environment or anywhere where you may be around other people that you do not want to access your computer. You can hold down Windows plus the letter L and this will lock your computer's screen. This will put you to a default sign-in page where you can either sign back in with your credentials or switch to another user's account. If you have any suggestions for an upcoming T3 segment, please send emails with your suggestion to tim at lifeafterblindness.com, which is what listener Rachel did recently and sent me an email about the show as well as an idea for an upcoming T3 segment. Now, for me to read any emails would be a little difficult because I have no functional vision. So we're going to leave this up to the screen reader and have that read the email for me. So here is a recent email I received from Rachel. Hello, Tim. Lovely to hear all is pretty much back to normal for you health-wise. And just to say I thoroughly enjoyed the most recent podcast, as I do all of them smiling face. In view of the fact, as you may have figured by now from my previous correspondence, that I do love all things tech, I enjoyed your new segment T3. I honestly wasn't aware that there was a way of setting Twitter up in order to describe images. Having listened to the walkthrough on your podcast, I've now altered my settings and am looking forward to being able to make use of this feature for the benefit of my fellow visually impaired followers. I do hope T3 remains a regular segment, as it certainly sounds as though I could sure learn some useful tips, ellipsis, which leads me to a question which you might be able to help with, and which you may feel could feature on, on a T3 segment. Do you know anything about how the iPhone's Braille screen input feature works? I am keen to find a way of typing quicker on my phone than I do at the moment, and as a competent realist I really want to get my head around how it works. Not only do I want to benefit from using it myself, but ultimately I would like to be able to not only recommend it to any of my Braille learners, but also have the confidence to teach them how to use it as well. I have on numerous occasions had to play around with it myself but so far I just can't get my head around it at all. I fully accept this is quite a specialized feature and I guess some knowledge of writing Braille would be needed in order to use it. If you yourself are not sure about it, would you be able to point me in the direction of any resources, online demos, or other people who might be able to help me out? Okay I'll close for now, and many thanks for reading, and for any help slash suggestions regarding Braille screen input. Best wishes. Kind regards. Rachel. Rachel, thank you very much for that very kind email. And yes, T3 will continue going forward. I'm kind of proud of it and I'm really enjoying bring it to, bringing it to everybody. So yes, T3 will be something that I'll continue going forward as long as I can come up with tech tips to share and as long as people want to hear them. As far as Braille input for iOS, unfortunately, no, I don't have any information personally on that. However, I do know a few people who do know Braille and use it with their iOS device. And so I will check in with some of them and see if we can get an answer for you on an upcoming episode of the podcast. 
thanks again, Rachel. I really appreciate you sending in that email. I have one other email that I want to share with everyone this week. This message comes in from Brian. Hi, Tim. I'm a regular listener to Tech Talk, and I have just dipped back into LAB. I was very intrigued to hear you talking about your recent health issues, as I have been experiencing similar problems myself. I too lost about a stone in weight and had my weight under control. Then, for no good reason I put it back on and now struggle to keep it down to that new high level. Unfortunately, my doctors can't find anything wrong, although they did say that my incredibly bad skin might be a hormone imbalance. The reason I'm writing to you about this is to see if there are many like me who contact you to say they have similar problems, and to explore the possibility of a connection with weight loss or even blindness. If you think I've slipped off my trolley, just ignore this, but if you are having a large response, it could be interesting. In the meantime, keep up the good work and it's good to hear you're on the mend. Best regards, Brian. Well, Brian, first of all, thank you so much for being a regular listener of Tech Talk. I'm sure Stephen and Sean will be very happy to hear that. And thanks once again for checking out Life After Blindness. I do appreciate that. As far as responses that I've been receiving about what I discussed about my own health a couple of weeks ago, I have actually received a few emails like yours where people have talked about having either hormone issues or depression or other types of issues like that in addition to their blindness. So as I stated in that initial uh, piece that I talked about that in, I knew that I'm not alone. And of course, everyone out there that goes through these things is definitely not alone. So if you are like Brian and myself and you've been dealing with these kinds of issues, send an email to me, tim at lifeafterblindness.com and uh, we will talk about it together and, and share this journey and share these experiences. So yeah, Brian, thank you so much again. You're definitely not off your trolley. So uh, I appreciate you getting in touch and uh, also appreciate your kind words about the show. That will do it for episode number 25 of the Life After Blindness podcast. I want to thank you all so much again for taking the time to join me on this week's show. As always, you can send your emails to me. Send those to tim at lifeafterblindness.com. You can also check out the show notes for this episode by visiting lifeafterblindness.com slash 25. Please join me again next week as we continue our journey together to find that there truly can be a life after blindness. Take care, everybody. <laughs>